Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is June 29th, and our reading comes from Acts chapter 19. I want to read verses 13 through 20. It says, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Well, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Well, then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Well, the story of what happened spread quickly throughout Ephesus to Jews and Gentiles alike. A solemn fear descended on the city in the name of the Lord. Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. And a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at the public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Wow, what a crazy story, right? Well, the first thing I want us to recognize is we have to be very careful not to use the name of Jesus as if it's some kind of magic trick or spell, right? In other words, sometimes we're not really cultivating our relationship with Jesus, but then we pray and we think if we throw Jesus on the back, that that's going to magically, boom, give us an answer, the answer that we want. And they're trying to use Jesus for their purpose. And we just have to be very careful. We can't use Jesus, for our purpose, right? We've got to live for his purpose, his kingdom, his glory. And the truth is, what's best for him also blesses us. I love that, right? It's, you know, we, I think people have this idea sometimes, if I do what's good for Jesus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt me. The truth is, what's good for Jesus blesses me. It's what's best for me. Now, What's best for me might sometimes cost me something. We've talked some about that in, in the last couple of days, right? Doing what's right sometimes cost us something. But even in that sacrifice, I'm blessed and I'm cl closer to Jesus and I see God working in and through my life. And the truth is that's better than whatever the thing is I had to give up. But we just have to be very careful. The name of Jesus is not something we throw on the end to every prayer that guarantees Jesus is going to do what we want him to do. And I love how this demon responds, says, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? And I, you know, as we're cultivating our relationship with Jesus, and we talked about this yesterday, that the Holy Spirit is empowering us not only to be a witness, but to grow up and to mature in our faith, to finish what he started. And as we are with Jesus, and as we are becoming like Jesus, it really increases our spiritual power and authority and faith 
in these situations to pray and even to know how to pray so that demons don't respond to us by just kind of blowing us off as somebody who's religious but doesn't really know Jesus, know that they would recognize we are a child of God, mature and strong in our faith. The man who's demon-possessed jumps on these guys, beats them up. They run out of that house, apparently just trying to, you know, survive this encounter, right? Well, when that happens, fear falls on the church, a, a holy fear, a good fear. And when I think about the church in America, the truth is that wouldn't hurt us, right? If there was a holy fear, a greater reverence for the name of Jesus, for the presence and the power of God, and that fear falls upon the church. And so those in the church who have areas in their life of compromise, in this situation, magic, incantations, sorcery, astrology, the occult, all that stuff, they've got this area of compromise. And because of what happened in the fear of the Lord, all falls on the church, they're getting rid of the compromise in their life. And the truth is, I could use a little more fear in my life. Maybe you could. Certainly the church can. So that the church would begin to get rid of all the areas of compromise in our life. I love that, right? And when they do, they have a book burning. And these books, these incantations, these magic books, these books of spells, right? They're worth millions of dollars, and they're glad to sacrifice that. They're glad to destroy them because it opposes Christ. In our own life, maybe there are some things we need to burn. I mean, maybe there are some movies. Maybe there are some, uh, some types of music. Maybe there are some... Maybe there are just some things in our life. And the truth is, all of that in this age is so digital. It, it's difficult for us to, to actually have a book burning anymore or an or a album burning anymore, right? But there are probably some areas of compromise in our lives where we need to allow the Holy Spirit to produce really a little bit of, of fear and trembling over the compromise, and let's get it out of our life. Let's do whatever we have to do to fight for our purity and to cut off compromise. I love what James says in James chapter one. This is so important. He says, listen, when you're tempted, don't blame that on God. That's when your desire, when you're giving in to your lust. And then he says this, listen, you better deal with it Why it's small. Because if you allow that sin to grow, that it'll end up destroying your life. So you've got to destroy it before it grows up and destroys you. And I think that's the thing we've got to, we've got to do. Our tendency is to kind of blow off, to minimize, to justify, to even protect our pet sins, our little areas of compromise. But if we do that, in time, it will grow. And if we let it grow, it will destroy us. And so let's get rid of compromise. Let's be careful. Listen, we live under grace, but grace doesn't give us the freedom to tolerate compromise. Listen, not for God's sake, but for my sake. I need to get rid of the compromise in my life, not for God's sake, but for my sake to protect my heart and my life and my family and our church and my reputation and my testimony. And that's true for all of us, right? Let's get rid of our compromise for our sake. Well, they do that. They burn these books. And then 
There's a great move of God's spirit. I love that. Verse 20, the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. The truth is when we get rid of compromise and we live a life that's more radical and we're willing to make a sacrifice for the sake of getting rid of our compromise, for the sake of our holiness, for the sake of our obedience, it is a powerful witness in our world. Man, let's live this way. And the disciples, these early believers are living this way, and God is moving in great power. So here's the question I think we need to all take time this morning. And let's just ask the Lord, God, what area of my life, where is there compromise? If you'll ask the Holy Spirit to help you see your compromise, you can make a decision today to repent, to turn away from, from that, to do whatever you need to do, to take the steps you need to take to cut the compromise out of your life for your sake, for your protection, so you can live a blessed, abundant life. God wants to protect you. And when we begin living this way, man, it's a powerful witness. And the Spirit of God begins moving in His church again. So let me pray for that. Father, I pray for every person. Lord, this is a really challenging word for us. God, help us to examine our hearts. Where are the areas of compromise? The little sins that we we have a tendency to, to justify, to overlook, to excuse, that really have the potential, the danger of growing up and destroying our lives. God, help us bring conviction into our life, bring understanding into our life, show us those things. And then God, give us the courage to take practical steps to cut it out. Give us the courage to share with somebody that we know and love and trust about the area of compromise so we have a little bit of accountability. So we're bringing that issue into the light instead of darkness. God, help us to not fear shame. The devil wants to shame us over areas of compromise in order to isolate us from you and other people. God, the only way to break shame is to come into the light, right? It's to tell God about the compromise and to tell somebody that loves us about the compromise so that we can discover God still loves me and my friend still loves me and I don't have to hang on to this compromise, I can be free. And often, often these areas of compromise really are a way and an attempt to medicate our pain. And so Holy Spirit, be our counselor. Help us to see the pain in our life that has not been settled, that we're trying to fix, that we're trying to numb, that we're trying to hide, that we're trying to medicate with this area of compromise, God, I pray that you would come into those places, that you would heal our hearts, that we'd experience your love and your grace, that your care for us, your perfect love heals every wound, every scar, all our pain, so that we can cut out the compromise, so that we can live in the light, so that we can find freedom so that your church is empowered to be a witness in this world. Holy Spirit, we trust you to do it. You're so faithful, so gentle, so gracious with us. 
We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. And I'm just praying for what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.